Trot's Talk. Live the dream. Get involved in harness racing today. NZ Harness Racing. Visit hrnz.co.nz. And a very good morning, everyone. Welcome in to Trot's Talk. Yes, brought to you by HRNZ, wrapping up the biggest week of harness racing. Of course, IRT New Zealand Trotting Cup Day on Tuesday out of Addington. Race under beautiful clear skies and a high of about 24-25. Big crowd on course. Interesting. A lot of people suggesting the numbers were down. I can tell you from the Addington sources, and we'll catch up with John Denton uh, a little bit later on in the show, he is in charge of all the racing matters there at Addington. Of course, was the track man there for hmm, about 25 years. So we'll get an update on that. But it was certainly ahead of uh, the ticket sales around public. Uh, ZM on the green, which is the old Lindau lawn, was completely sold out. The punters lounge was sold out. The um, fashion marquee was sold out. So... Yeah, I think they could have got a few more people in there, but I think overall the corporates have been sold out for a couple of months, so there was no drama there. And the turnover uh, with one less race exceeded $7 million. So I think there was a few ticks and a few boxes there. Friday, not so much fun. The old show day weather kicked in once again. Beautifully fine for the first couple of races, and then it really turned, and it was pretty much custard by the end of the day. That didn't detract from the fact that we had three Group 1 races run and one on show day, as we did on IRT New Zealand Trotting Cup Day. None bigger than the 750,120th running of the great race. He leads at a length on Akuta. Three wide is He's a Sport McCandrew Aviator losing the back of the leader. In the centre is Beach Ball. Three wide and one back is Old Town Road. In the middle of horses Krug. Three wide with plenty of cover is Kango. Next along the inside Pembroke Playboy from Mossdale Ben and American Me heads the rest coming off the back. 29-9-59-6 for the half. Swayze the leader. Akuta got into the trail. Then came Beach Ball who ran to third followed by He's a Sport and Old Town Road. Road, but it's Australia versus New Zealand at the 400 metres. Swayze two lengths in front. Akuta travels well. Going to third beach ball underneath of Pisa Sport. Three lengths away the rest. Turning for home in the cup. 29.6 the third quarter. Swayze shaken up a length and a half to Akuta trying to go with him. Then beach ball and Pisa Sport. Swayze finding a length on Akuta who's coming. Then beach ball. Swayze still in front. Akuta can't reach him. Then came beach ball but it's Swayze for the Riverina boys, an Australian hero. Swayze won the New Zealand Cup by three lengths from Akuta. Third across was Beach Ball and fourth between... So it was an Australian victory, first time since 2015 when Arden Rooney was successful. Uh, Flashing Red was a quasi-Australian. Well, he was trained there, of course, but came over here to Tim Butt and Phil Anderson and won back-to-back cups in 06 and 07. And earlier than that, you had to go back uh, to the likes of Steel Jaw in 83 and My Lightning Blue in 87. So it had been a wee while since the Australians had uh, got the job done. But Jason Grimson, who has taken the Grand Circuit by storm in the last 18 months to two years, brought this horse Swayze across, training him for eight starts for eight wins off the back of uh, his time at Tim Butts, and he drew the second row. It was never going to be easy for his driver, Cam Hart, who's very kindly joined us on this Sunday morning. Just listening to the replay there, 
Cam, I'm sure you're going to hear it and watch it many, many times. I know what it meant to you to take out our greatest race. Morning to you. Yeah, morning, Greg. It's been a big week. It's been a long week, and we'll get to the second of your Group 1 wins uh, on Friday. But you guys came here with a lot of confidence. You knew you had the ability with this horse to take out our great race, having been here the year before with Majestic Cruiser, and he didn't let you down. Yeah, that's right, Greg. He's a super horse, and obviously Jace has done an incredible job with him. And um, Yeah, we knew what we had, and yeah, he's just such a professional, and yeah, he put his best foot forward uh, on Tuesday, and yeah, it's just an incredible result. Cam, it looks like you, you haven't ever got to the bottom of him. I mean, yes, you had to ask him for a pretty supreme effort on Tuesday because Akuta's no slouch, and you were well aware of that before you got here. But you weren't pulling him up until well into the back straight, and he looked to be going as well at the line as he did in the Blacks are Fake, as he did at his last Australian start at Menangle, uh, as he got to the line uh, and through the line, which indicates he might not even be at his peak yet. Yeah, hopefully, you know, he's always had a little bit left in the tank. And, yeah, like you said, in all those starts, he's he's just pulled away and, and he's, yeah, just done it so easy. So um, you know, there might be a little bit more up our sleeve, but, um, yeah, he's doing everything he needs to at the minute. Now you've had time to reflect, and I was lucky enough to get to you first and get your reaction and, and know what it meant to you and your family back home in June. You've, you've had three, four, five days now to go right... Of now won New Zealand's greatest harness race. Well, is that is that the pinnacle thus far for you, Cam? And you've you've won multiple Group One races. Is this the big the big dance that you wanted? Yeah, I think it is. Like a, it's just so hard to come over here, and you know all the the Kiwi horses are all such quality horses and and trainers and drivers over here, and um, it's not easy to to have a horse good enough even to come for the race and like win it. So definitely on top of my list, and um, especially after last year sort of put in Jason and I minds uh, how big the race is over here and yeah, it was just incredible to win it. Alright, he was allowed to miss Friday's free-for-all and he was tired. There's there's no no disgrace in that at all because he'd, he'd run to his, uh, his optimum. Um, I understand he's on a flight back to Auckland and then obviously have to fly back Sydney and maybe try and get to Brisbane, have you had any indication? And I'm not trying to put you on the spot whether he'll go to that Inter Dominion series, which is less than two weeks away, Cam. Yeah, I think that's the plan, Greg. But um, yeah, I'm not too sure, like 100. percent I'd just leave that stuff up to Chase, and um, yeah, I'd love to see him there. But it's all up to the horse, see how he travels home, and um, yeah, I guess he'll tell Chase whether he's ready to go again. The other thing that stood out for me. Uh, leaving Swayze just for a moment, was how utilised your skills were, particularly on Cup Day. Um, as these drives started rolling in, Cameron, were you surprised that, oh, obviously the likes of Mark Purden uh, getting you to have a steer for them and um, a couple of other trainers too? It, it must have been a little bit humbling thinking it's our biggest day and these guys are going, right, I, I want to see hard on. Yeah, that was unbelievable. It was very unexpected. And, um, yeah, to get those kind of opportunities was, yeah, just incredible. And it's great for my career. And, um, yeah, it was certainly, yeah, it was unexpected. But, um, yeah, a few powerful stables used my services. And, yeah, can't thank them enough. No, oh, well, you, you also got a Group 1 placing, of course, uh, for the All-Stars with Major Hot. But let's move to Show Day. 
and you had a steer for Steve Dolan. Now, I'm assuming that you've never driven for Steve before. He's obviously a part of a Moravita, but um, not as a trainer. But he puts you on our Shangri-Lana. You draw one in a Group 1 Dunstan Horsefeed size stakes. Not only do you draw one, you decide to stay in front, and you lead, and you win, and you take out another Group 1. How good. Yeah, it was unbelievable, and um, I've obviously been lucky enough to drive the Moray Vito in Australia, and that's how the connection come with, with Steve, and uh, yeah, he rung me a week or two ago and, and asked if I wanted to drive this filly, and he had a pretty big opinion of her, and yeah, he wasn't wrong. She's an incredibly strong filly and run an awesome race on Friday. Yeah, well, she's out at Delightful Lana, and her mother is the mother of Rock and Roll Do, so um, there were some credentials there, but... Is it a case of you've never driven it before, so Steve's given you the confidence, you go out in the warm-up, and, and I watched you do your warm-up, and, and she must have given you an unreal field, and you thought, right, she's, she feels great, I'm going to give her a chance in front of you. Yeah, that's pretty well exactly how it went. Um, I asked Steve before him what he thought, and he said, you're on for a reason, you just drive her how she feels, and um, yeah, she gave me a good feel in the warm-up, big, strong filly, and she left the gate so comfortably at travel well so I thought we'll stay in front and, and give her a shot Yeah well you did that and she won very nicely and given it was only about start number 4 uh, for her Cam, there's plenty ahead isn't there she she looks like she could be anything Yeah for sure she's still learning what it's all about um, and yeah I think in a few more starts when she gets a bit more ring craft she's going to be a top filly and um, you know her effort there on Friday was you know, as good as it gets when, you know, like we said, she's still got a bit bit in the locker, I think, once she learns what it's all about. Right, so you got through the two harness days. How was Rickerton yesterday? I didn't actually make Rickerton. Uh, I pulled up. <laughs> I thought that might have happened. <laughs> yeah, it was always a fair chance of happening, but, um, yeah, went and caught up with a few more friends last night, and, yeah, it's just been an incredible week. It's um, something that I'd like to come back and, and do every year if we can. Well, I'm sure that there'll be plenty of people want you to come back, uh, particularly with the skills you showed out on the track. Reality kicks in, though. Uh, Cam, back to Menangle on a, on a Tuesday afternoon. I see you've got a few drives there for Jared Elshin. So um, the, the roadshow just continues, doesn't it? I mean, you've got to dine out when you get these opportunities and obviously the results you got this week. But um, it's pretty relentless, this business, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But, um, yeah, I love it. It's a um, great job, really. It's... it's um... Yeah, you can't really complain too much when you're lucky enough to have days like you've had, like I've had this week, and yeah, you've got to take the good with the bad sometimes. All right, mate, really appreciate you coming back on. You got the Cowra Cup a week ago. You got our biggest race, the IRT New Zealand Cup, and stole a Group 1 again on Friday uh, in the Dunstan horse feed. So um, been a hell of a week for you, mate. Uh, really appreciate you taking the time out to talk to us again, and congratulations. Um, Marvellous effort. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. All right, that's Cameron Hart there from uh, the Riverina, New South Wales, the champion rainsman. Gee, he's only 24 years of age, and he's already taken not only Australia by storm, but Australasia with his performances during the week here at Addington Raceway. And big thank you to him for coming uh, on the last two Sundays and taking us through what it means to him to not only drive in the race, but now be a New Zealand Cup victor. He beat Akuta whose co-trainer Nathan Purden will join us when we return on Trot's Talk, brought to you by HRNZ. All of the wrap-up from uh, 
this magic week here in Christchurch is on the line with them, hrnz.co.nz. Nathan Purden on the other side. Self-assured, travelling well, but he's six to seven lengths off them and got you covered back with those. Purden now goes for Akuta. 300 metres to go. 29 to third quarter, a half in front. Artie's Express. Ben Mosdale, Ben from Beach Ball. Self-assured, running on wider. Akuta getting urgent. Mosdale, Ben, far side. Self-assured, he's in this. Akuta, self-assured, he's coming at him. Self-assured over the top. He's going back to back in the free-for-all. Self-assured. And A.G. Hurley beats a cooter. Third across beats ball, fourth in Moscow. Yes, brilliant performance by Self-Assured going back-to-back in the New Zealand free-for-all, of course, his greatest win. In 2020, three years ago, when he took out the IRT New Zealand Cup, uh, he is these days co-trained by Nathan Purden alongside his father, Mark, and he joins us this morning. Good morning to you, Nathan. Good morning, Greg. How are you this morning, Nathan? Because it's been rather a big week, and I'm picking, you should have, enjoyed yesterday if you got out to Rickerton. Yeah, yeah, great week. Um, yeah, got out. Uh, it was good to just sort of have a day where you can unwind a little bit and get out to, uh, to Rickerton and uh, enjoy the other code. Let's talk about what this week was, and we'll start with that race there because whilst most expected the runner-up in the IRT New Zealand Cup, Akuta, to win... It was Jimmy, self-assured, who you guys allowed to miss the cup. You knew he wasn't right after Kai Cora. You freshened him up and produced him in unreal condition and had one Tony Hurley sitting in the bike. How satisfying that win? Yeah, that was, a, that was very satisfying. It was, um, for, for Jean, too, um, you know, she's, she's the owner, obviously, and um, she's, she puts so much into it and, and she loves the horse. More than anything, really, and um, you know she's she's been patient and and was uh, was was happy for us to miss the cup and, and target that race, and um, yeah, it was good that that she could be rewarded. What did you think during the run, Nathan? Because obviously Akuda was in front, and he'd had a few issues in front too. Uh, one of the uh, hobble shortener cords got caught up, and um, you know he had a had a few things going on with a minor gallop with about fourteen hundred to go as a result of that. And self-assured's at the back. Now, you guys have said on a couple of occasions this season you didn't think that self-assured would be able to beat Akuta. Well, you would never have thought that would have happened at the 400, yes, on Friday, rather, when he was that far off him. Is, is that how it looked to you? Yeah, well, it's always going to be a very hard horse to beat. The only thing that was probably in self-assured's favour is, is um, you know, Akuta had such a, a strong two-mile three days prior and, if he was going to be vulnerable, it was going to be on the Friday. So um, you're very confident that uh, that Selbershaw was back to his best and through his work. And um, you know, it's uh, it's sort of it was surprising because obviously Akuta is such a, a great horse, but um, you know, people sort of forget how good uh, Selbershaw can be on his right day, and he turned up and got the job done. He did 2.25 million. He has now won just on him. What happens with him now, or is that still to be sorted out with your dad? I'd imagine maybe tomorrow. Yeah, we're actually going to go through it um, in about two or three hours' time. So run through uh, where all the horses are going and what they're doing. So um, yeah, it's, uh, there's a few different paths he can go down. Obviously, Friday was was probably the telling point of where he was in his career, and um, yeah, if, if he went that good, not that he sort of exceeded expectations, but um, yeah, I think. 
when he looks back to his best now, I think we can map out um, a bit more of a future going ahead. And what about the week for Akuta? It was the week that just got away from him. Swayze beat him on Tuesday, but he was very brave, and you could say the same on Friday. So whilst you didn't get one of the big scalps, he still went great. Yeah, yeah, he's a top horse. There he goes, no, he'll bounce out of that, um, you know, as good or better than either. So um, his day in the sun will come. As satisfying as that was, not many people were expecting this, Nathan. Brilliant, he's all out, leads it a length on Oscar Bonavina who's swept up, Smoke and Bandar going with him but he's three lengths away, it's Oscar Bonavina though, at the 100 metres he leads by four lengths from Smoke and Bandar, what a week Mark and Nathan Purden, here's another, Oscar Bonavina won it with a leg in the air, Oscar Bonavina won the Dominion, close second between Smoke and Bandar and Rizal. So this brilliant son of Majestic Son, the now seven year old that Four years ago, Nathan, he was favourite for this race. And is well, I'm not going to say he's been in the wilderness because he has still won races, but to come back and win our greatest trotting race is a real testament to the horse and how you guys have got him back to his best. Yeah, well, when he's, when he's at his all-time best, he's, he's up there with, with the best trotters going around at the moment, that's for sure. And, um, you know, he's, he, he's such a... A, a beautiful stallion, and, and uh, you know he's, he's, he's so so testing and, and hard to get right, and then uh, and then try to keep right. So uh, to you know to have him as good as he could on the day and and perform like that was extremely satisfying. Yeah, look, he got an awesome run too, and we know his sheer speed. Now I was talking to you earlier in the day on Friday, and you said you were going to pre-race warm him. That's as much about getting his old joints and that warmed up, I suppose, Nathan. But it worked. Yeah, well, probably earlier on in this, earlier on in this prep, uh, he hadn't needed it just through obviously having a bit of time off and and giving his joints time to, to settle down and everything like that. And um, you know, having a being an older stallion, it's uh, it sort of catches up on him through the later on in the prep. So uh, that was the first time we'd done it this prep, and and uh, you know, it's it's not the only time we've done it. We've done it last prep too, but uh, we've always seemed to have a great result when we have done it. All right, for most stables, Nathan, that'd be enough. That's fantastic. But we have to go back to Tuesday because there were two unreal performances in the other two Group 1 races. Millwood Nike remained unbeaten, 16 from 16, never closer than three wide throughout the Neverly R Phillies final. I had a look at the Stridemaster results from Tuesday and that's measured on whether the horse was, or if the horse was uh, essentially down on the markers. For that, she paced 217.7, which is just unheard of, about three seconds quicker than the official time of the race. Um, she's something else, Nathan. Yeah, she's extremely special. She's, um, yeah, we've talked about how good she's been in the past, and uh, it's got to be uh, as good a run, if not better, than what she's ever produced before. So, yeah, she's uh, certainly living up to the hype. Yep, she is. Um, I'm, I'm, obviously, she's part of the discussion later on this afternoon, but the Oaks is, is next, and um, that looks to be at her mercy three weeks today. Yeah, she's obviously the one to beat, and um, it's just a matter of trying to tick her over and, and keep her happy, and, and then that line of form 
for uh, for that big day. Have you watched the Woodland Stud Sire Stakes final a few times, Nathan? Are you still, <laughs> like me, blowing away that Chaser Dream actually won it? Yeah, well, it's um, when you watch the the drone footage of him and, and realise just how far back he was, it was, it was some run and um, he really uh, he put everything he did have on at, at the day and uh, you know, he's, uh, it's still unbelievable that he got up on the line. So a magic week for you guys. This afternoon you'll sort things out. We're filming the box seat tomorrow night, uh, about half past four or something, so I'll be talking to you in the next 24 hours to just get a line on where all these horses are going so that the people out there know what is uh, what is happening with the All-Stars. But all I can say is congratulations on an unreal week for you and your dad. Um, I'm sure you're very proud of what not only the horses achieved, but the staff around you as well, Nathan. So uh, great stuff. Another great Cup week. Yeah, thanks a lot, Greg. All right. Of course, they also had a win with Franco Indy. From uh, one stable that had multiple Group 1 wins on the day to one stable who had a Group 1 runner, and this happened. 29-8, third quarter, Coastal Bay a length and a half away. Treacherous Baby made ground to third, Madrid runs on wider. Our Shangri-Lana in front, Coastal Babe the far side. Treacherous Baby, Treacherous Love running on. Madrid is jumping out of the ground. Our Shangri-Lana, Madrid and Treacherous Love coming. Coastal Babe can't reach them. Our Shangri-Lana, Madrid is driving hard but won't get there. Our Shangri-Lana. Group 1, Steve Dolan. Beat home, Madrid, Ferdicross. And a Group 1 winning trainer, Steve Dolan, joins us on the Sunday morning. You would have watched it and probably listened to it a few times. That one's not going to get old quickly, Steve. No, no, it's actually got a nice ring about it, other than um, it's got a bit of ring to it than my uh, voice at the moment. So just bear with me. Um, I'll try and force the words out as best possible for a few listeners. <laughs> No, no problem at all, mate. It was gone on Friday when I got the chance to talk to you straight after the race. And, well, so you should have done some celebrating because it's pretty hard to to beat the All-Stars at the best of times, let alone with a filly that was only having her fourth start. But you had a couple of things in your favour, Steve. One, she's obviously very good. Two, you had barrier one. And three, you had a bloke called Hart sitting in the bike. Yeah, it's funny how things can um, can sometimes pan out in, in, in various directions. Right from the from the get go, it's been quite a bumpy road uh, to get to this stage of, of actually making the final, um, and to come up with one barrier and to have Cameron Hart available. Just uh, a piece of the puzzle came together really nicely. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself because I felt like the horse was pretty spot on. Um, so the rest of it, you just sort of keep your fingers crossed that you get no bad luck. Well, she took luck out of play. She dominated from the top end. The best filly thus far has been Coastal Babe, and she sat on her back. Madrid came from a long way back, and Treacherous Love was good, but your filly was simply too good. Uh, this has been a life in the in the sport for John McKenzie, and uh, obviously he's bred rock and roll do, and it's the same family. Um, he's quietly spoken, although if you get him on the phone, as I'm sure you do regularly, he's hard to get <laughs> off it. Um, big, big thrill for him. Um, massive thrill for him. He was um, he was very emotional afterwards. He didn't mind admitting. He said it's been forty odd years and in the making and trying to uh, achieve you know the, the highest goal and that is to get a, a Group One winner or to get a horse good enough to uh, be able to win a Group One. And so um, he was very thankful. And and uh, yeah, he's um, 
he, he him and Marsha they've um, they've come into the stable and and provided me with a pretty good uh, horse to to start with really. So um to 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 get them that um to achieve them a, a group one at this early stage is just uh, is wonderful and I'm 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 just thrilled for them. Well, we know where she'll be heading next because she's now favourite for the Ace of Diamonds three weeks uh, today, $3.20 ahead of Coastal Babe, Treacherous Love, Treacherous Baby and the likes. Um, is that it? Will that be your grand final? And, and then you've got a lot to look forward to with her uh, in another, you know, when she turns three on, on the 1st of January. Yes, it will be. Like, um, we'll try and treat her a little bit kindly and, um, she's still developing, and, and I was very um, adamant to um, John when I talked to him. I said, "Look, your horse is going through a bit of a growth spurt, um, and it's going to really need three to six months to find the very, very best of it." Um, so to to be able to get this result this early on was um, was not totally unexpected, but it was just a pleasant surprise. And, and so if we sort of space the races and head towards the Grand Prix and then we might give her a little bit of let up and then we'll sit down and map out a campaign through those uh, three-year-old fillies races next year. How many you got in work, Steve? And and what uh, what's what sort of numbers is, is the optimum or are you there? I, I always like to... Um, I say that you know we work, we work to, to live really rather than the other way around. I'm probably one of the more lightly raced types, I guess, as far as workloads go. <laughs> so um, I've got I've got Laura Mackay alongside me. She's been with me for quite some time, and um, and she's been terrific, and she's a big big help to me. She's very good, very uh, well organised, and everything runs really smoothly. We have about a dozen in work at a time. Sometimes we creep up over that. We can get up to around fifteen. We have a lot of young horses. We really haven't got anything over three years old, to be honest, Craig. That's the market we're in now, and I've got John Curtin on board, and and predominantly we look to um, just develop young horses and uh, and either race um, maybe overseas or uh, keep them here if they're if they're um, if they're good enough. Um, if not, um, you know they they get on the for sale list. But you know, this filly was supposed to be sold, as you know, and um, and it's it's funny how things work out because it um, yeah it was just a it was a minor problem and it's not something that can't be fixed, but um, I'm not sure that he's going to be keen to, to, to let it go now. But, um, yeah, but we're just, um, we've got a couple other, you know, really nice, young, talented horses, so I'm looking forward to getting them um, off the place as well. All right, I'm not going to hold you because um, you you yelled that hard on Friday. You hurt your vocal cords and, and you've obviously lubricated them, I would suggest, for the last couple of days, as you should have, because uh, getting Group 1 wins is, is no mean feat. Just before you do go, though, Amora Vita, you've had so much fun with her. Um, there's still plenty left with her. Look, as we're just contemplating at this point, um, about uh, just treating her the way she's treated us and, and maybe just making this her last season. Um, yep. I'm, I'm quite in and I know it's hard to emulate the feats of, of one like her, but I believe if we look after her, get her in the brood in their paddock in the best possible shape, um, that we give ourselves a better chance of uh, reproducing what she has for us. So we'll push through to the... Um, you know, the, the, the Group 1 races early next year with her. I'll leave it up to Clayton. I'd love to get in the Miracle Mile. That'd be my ultimate. I love that race. We've been in it before and had no luck. Um, and then perhaps um, she could come back. Um, it's it's more than likely she'll come back here now um, during the winter and we'll prepare her for the Broomhead Paddock. Uh, sounds great, mate. Of course, she beat Manhattan, who was a winner on Friday. 
uh, in the Golden Girl at the Brisbane Carnival. Hey, thanks, Steve. Congratulations again. Uh, uh, big, big effort there on Friday, and appreciate you coming on Trot's Talk. Nice, welcome. Thank you so much, Greg. There he is, Steve Dolan, the uh, preparer of our Shangri-Lana, who upset them in some respects, although there were a few smart judges suggesting that she could win. All right, we're going to take another break on Trot's Talk, brought to you by HRNZ. Go to hrnz.co.nz. Don't forget, harness racing action we do have today as well. So the game rolls on. We're at Winton, and they do get underway uh, in around about an hour and 23 minutes, to be exact, uh, which would make it 12.35, Hmm. We'll try and find you a couple of winners from there. But when we do come back, we'll talk to John Denton about how things unfolded at Addington. 12.56 would be the start of race number one today, just so you know, people, uh, about how it all unfolded and um, what it was like for him. Welcome back in uh, to uh, Trot's Talk. Yes, brought to you by HRNZ off the back of the biggest week in harness racing, biggest week in racing in many respects with the three days at uh, Rickerton Park. Congratulations to them as well. The Greyhound Cup on Thursday night and, of course, Addington's two big days, Tuesday in particular, IRT New Zealand Trotting Cup Day and then uh, the Dominion Day, which, of course, has the New Zealand free-for-all with Ear Park Canterbury as well, the Dominion supported by Renwick Farms, man who was in charge of all things racing. First year he's had this role because in the past, of course, he's been the head of the track staff there at Addington Raceway and the national uh, track staff coordinator. John Denton joins us uh, on the line after a very big week. Uh, morning to you, John. Yeah, good morning, Greg. How are you? Yeah, excellent. Thanks. Thanks so much uh, for your time. How did you find it? Because a uh, bit of a different role for the U this year, but uh, so many facets to New Zealand Cup. And when you walked around sort of, I don't know, a week or 10 days out, and there were just people everywhere, contractors doing some incredible things, um, it takes a bit of putting together this, doesn't it? Oh, it's a, it's a huge effort by all the team, Greg. Um, you know, there's probably that last week, there's anywhere up to 50-odd contractors of all uh, makes and measures of what they're doing to uh, make the the day proceed. Um, you know, the marquees that go up and then the infrastructure that goes in the marquee is uh, huge. Um, yeah, but just a, a great effort by all the team to put it together. Yeah, well, you've been at Addington for a few decades now, John. We won't tell them exactly how long <laughs> you've been there, but, um, you know, the old days of the public stand and it took care of itself in many respects because you didn't have to, to set up a structure um, and within it, uh, you know, there was all of the facilities that have been there for the previous 30, 40, 50 years. Uh, that being removed has meant that so much of it's temporary and therefore it's not a cheap exercise, is it? No, it's by no, uh, no means a cheap exercise. There's approximately, uh, I suppose, eight large marquees, you know, throughout the venue um, and including the inside of the Greyhound track and the inside of the harness track. So, um, yes, it's a it's a big effort to put it all together. Uh, the two-storey marquee, which went up at last year's cup, was once again there for this year's cup and uh, seemed a very popular place to be. Yeah, it did. Uh, Hydroflow, of course, up the top there and all the owners and members uh, have, being able to use the bottom of that facility and then it was there on show day. We'll, we'll get to show day shortly, but cup day itself, an incredible day. Uh, was very warm. The track was playing uh, in such a fast condition. Yeah, there was a bit of wind about, but nowhere near the wind that we had sort of to the back end of uh, of the week. 
Um, the three Group 1 races on the day, we'll, we'll get to IRT New Zealand Cup in a moment, but the performances by Millwood Nike and Chaser Dream in all the years that you've been watching, they don't go much better than that, John, do they? No, they certainly don't. Um, the, the run from Millwood Nike in, in particular, that was just a huge run, you know, made a move three wide. Um, personally, I thought, you know, it wasn't making a lot of ground. Then to have the, the cheek to sit parked and then run away at the top of the straight was just a fantastic run. Um, you know, she is an outstanding filly. Yeah, and uh, Chaser Dream, Dream was, was, yeah, 30, what, 30 yeah. metres off, off them with a lap to go? You can't do that in any race, let alone in a Group 1. No, you can't. And then to pick them up and not only pick them up and then to actually uh, cross the line first, it's a huge, huge achievement. Um, you know, the Nathan and Mark Purden's team here, yeah, they had a, a wonderful meeting over the two days and um, yeah, success just continued uh, with these Group 1 races. We don't have an Inter-Dominion series anymore. Yes, they've got one in three weeks' time, and we'll talk to David Bricker after the next break about that, but what I'm getting at is the need for Australasian rivalry, and we had that with Swayze and Akuta this week, and it definitely lifted, didn't it, John, and and the two best horses fought out the finish? Oh, absolutely. No, like, this Swayze, um, yeah, he's very tough. We knew he was tough before he arrived, but... uh, to go around and actually to lead and then to uh, press on like he did, a huge run. Um, to have a, an Australian visitor here, Greg, is, is huge for the industry. Um, it's not only just New Zealand, but it's the Australian interest that we have in the in the race itself and uh, it creates a, a huge buzz with uh, the both codes, uh, well, both countries, you know, representing in the IRT New Zealand Cup. Yeah, look, it's not the first time that we've had the Aussies come, but it's it's imperative till its future. And now that they've been here, come and won it, as Arden Rooney did in 2015, albeit, of course, he raced in the Cup the year before for the All-Stars team. Um, hopefully, John, it'll encourage them more. And, and I had Cameron Hart on only, um, you know, 20 minutes ago, and he talked about how big a day it is, and, and it's definitely the biggest race he's ever won, and how he's going home to say to people, I told you how good it was, now you need to come yourself. And it's not just about getting the equine athletes here, it, it's the other Australians, getting them to come along too. Yes, certainly. It just creates that much more interest, um, having that um, an international flavour to the, the race itself. Um, you know, the other big races and the other codes where you see, you know, whether it be the Melbourne Cup or the Everest, you know, you see other representatives come from far and wide. Um, it just creates that much more interest. And to have um, Swayze come over and uh, if we can have more come for the years to come, it'll be just fantastic. Well, you put the glasses down, so to speak, and you've only got three weeks to the next big gig. Eight Group 1s on Grand Prix Day, John, so um, there'll be no rest. No, the no, they won't. We're well on the way for planning for that, Greg. Um, yeah, we're hoping that it's going to be um, a great day and, you know, hope the weather plays its part. But, uh, yes, to have that many group ones in the one day is, is a huge, huge day. It's um, probably a replica in some ways of the jewels in many ways, but um, the stake money on offer is, is huge as well. Um, probably matches anything we had on Cup and Showdown, in fact, if not more. 
Yep, looking forward to it, uh, John. Three weeks today. Congratulations to you and everyone involved out there at Addington Raceway. You should be proud of what was achieved. Yes, show day didn't work out how we all wanted, but that was pretty much down to one thing, and that was an act of God being the weather. Um, and, yeah, you're right. Let's hope that that's not the case uh, three weeks today. Enjoy your Sunday off, if you like, and we'll, we'll catch it at the office tomorrow. Well done, Greg. Thanks for chatting. Beautiful. There he is, John Denton, uh, the Denton name established uh, or well-established in the game for such a long period of time, and he's a huge part of what happens there at Addington Raceway. Short break on the other side, into Dominion time. Yes, we're inside two weeks out from a start in the Brisbane series. In your home straight, in uh, with Trot's Talk, brought to you by HRNZ, uh, we have the Inter-Dominion series, ID 23, not very far away at all. In fact, the first round of heats was two weeks on Friday. Trotters and uh, Pacers, wow. The Trotters' favourite and defending champion, Just Believe, arrives back from his uh, European sojourn and does this fresh up. With nowhere to go in fifth and further back to Loxley Lover Visionary and Maori Law 27 9 down the back. This is what we came to see Queen Elida and Just Believe head and head in a battle royale. They touch wheels, locked up momentarily. Just Believe leveled up, took the lead off Queen Elida. Mufasa Metro's in third, but Harry's pulling away first up back in Oz. Just Believe. Just Believe wins it second. Queen Elida was brave and Mufasa Metro a neck away third close up. Well, not many people could believe it because this mighty fine Kiwi mare, Queen Elida, had been in such sublime form, uh, the winner of 30 of just her 49 starts, but this international traveller, David Brick, arrives back and delivers uh, at Bendigo. That was a stunning performance and sets the scene for your Trotters series as part of the Interdoms. Morning to you. G'day, Greg. G'day, listeners. Yeah, it was uh, pretty impressive. Hey, um, you know, the top three home were all good runs, but geez, to come back uh, off that, as you said, fresh up and do that uh, right back to his best, no doubt. So uh, looking yeah. forward to him arriving. He's in Queensland this Friday. Yeah, particularly sitting parked outside her. Um, that's yeah. not easy at any stage of your campaign, but to do it fresh up, she was a dollar fifty-five as well, Bricky. So um, the punters thought she wouldn't get beaten. So it, it was a bit of a shock, so to speak. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it certainly was, as you said, they were both in the market, but the mayor, given uh, she had the runs on the board recently anyway, uh, started the fave, but uh, he showed that there's no doubt uh, he's number one rank going into the series. We obviously know the Inter-Dominion throws up a few things, so uh, but he proved last year he could get through the series, so he's going to be awfully hard to beat. Yeah, definitely. So that's the Trotters side of things, and looking forward to uh, to that because it, it is always a great series and it's not just down to those two. Those two dominate the market along with uh, Olavici, but you've also got RC Phoenix and I'm Ready Jet and you mentioned Mufasa Metro. One overall was a winner at uh, Menangle last night. The Pacers series, absolutely set alight by the local star Leap to Fame. His most recent performance in track record time, beating Swayze's previous record, um, sets it uh, sets the tone really, and of course Swayze winning this week at Addington. The question mark will be: Will he get to the series? And if he does, what a battle! Not only between those two, but the likes of Rock and Roll do as well. Yeah, absolutely. It was great to see Lake the Fame, as you said, back on the winners' list. Um, he certainly wasn't disgraced in his 
prior runs, but uh, yeah, I guess the air of invincibility about him had gone out a little bit, but uh, geez, he was very impressive his last start, but as you said, rock and roll do, we very hit the line hard the other night at Bendigo, and uh, and Swayze very impressive over in New Zealand, so uh, fingers crossed uh, he gets here, because to uh, renew uh, acquaintances with Leap to Fame as we saw them go head-to-head during the uh, Blacks of Fake Carnival. Yep, Mac Dan, better Eclipse, performing again at, at Bendigo. Um, I suppose there's some trepidation about who's actually coming from the Emma Stewart team. Uh, still in the market, the likes of uh, Ladies in Red and Cypher. We've got uh, Amora Vita there, Spirit of St. Louis, who chose not to come uh, to the New Zealand Cup. So there's still a few balls in the air there, isn't there? Yeah, that's right. You know, the next round of acceptances are tomorrow morning, so we expect the picture to be a bit clearer across the board uh, with both series uh, following tomorrow's acceptances and then the final round of rankings come out on Wednesday. So uh, I think from that point of view, the, the markets will settle down a little bit more after that. But as you said, uh, a number of those horses in the market have to uh, travel to Queensland. So uh, we'll probably know a fair bit more after that. Uh, tomorrow we collect a few horses, obviously a scratch, but uh, hopefully more stay in the don't, that's for sure, to make sure it's a really strong series. 12 days, 2 hours, 46 minutes and 45 seconds, Bricky, to be exact, so uh, <laughs> hopefully you've got you've got everything at hand, which I'm sure you will have, but that just shows you how close it is, um, yeah. you know, and, and it is, it is an interdominion, it's still a great series, I know there's not New Zealand participation, but hopefully we can rectify that going forward, because as you've just seen this week, having Swayze here for our greatest race, uh, it's it's an integral part of, of, of the future of the sport if we want to attract eyeballs from other sports. Yeah, that's right, for sure. It's that intrigue of horses coming from different parts of either the country or, as you said, uh, over the ditch or uh, vice versa. So it uh, looks certainly something that uh, yeah, we want to see fostered and, and grown in, in the future. But uh, regardless of that, as you said, it's uh, 12 days and so many hours away. It's come up nice and fast, but we're really looking forward to it. First time it'll be at Albion Park in over 20 years. So power work been done by uh, the Creek and, and uh, racing Queensland to make sure it's a, a really good series. And those people that do come over or come up uh, enjoy themselves while they're here. So it's uh, no doubt one thing that being in Queensland, it's a lovely place to be. So we'll, uh, we'll enjoy a few sights as well as some great racing, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. First round, Friday the 1st of December. We go to the second round on Tuesday the 5th, then the final of uh, the heats on the 9th, and the grand final, of course, the 16th, the all-important barrier draw being held on Monday the 11th. Bricky, appreciate your time on this Sunday morning. We'll talk again as uh, we get closer and during the series as well, but uh, all the best in the preparation and uh, enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Thank you. Cheers, Greg. No problem at all. That's David Brick there from Racing Queensland. He heads up the Harness Division. Harness Racing Action, of course, Winton today. Uh, That race meeting getting underway in exactly one hour's time. Nathan Williamson with a very strong uh, hand there, as he invariably does. Uh, Dreams are free, a dominant favourite to take out race number eight. And uh, earlier on in the programme, he's got Fly Without Wings, who was a winner, fresh up at two. Trots talk uh, for this Sunday, wrapping up IRT New Zealand Trotting Cup Week. A big thank you to producer dude Robbie, pushing all of the buttons. The champion of the cup, 
The winning driver, Cam Hart, for coming on. Nathan Purden, he and his father had a huge week. Steve Dolan took out the two-year-old Phillies size, and John Denton wrapped up all things that happened at Addington during the week. You enjoy the rest of your Sunday. I'll talk to you in a week's time with HRNZ. That's been Trot's Talk.